head, he cried out, Eureka! Of course, if you know anything about either physics or history, you know that's total nonsense. What Sir Isaac did do was come up with a new way of understanding physics. Until Isaac, uh, there had been lots of different ways of understanding why things moved the way that they did. Most of those ways were thought up by the ancient Greeks. And those ideas were able to explain some things, but not other things. They could explain, for example, why an arrow could be moved by a piece of string attached to a bow. That they could explain. What they couldn't explain was why the arrow kept moving after it had left the bow. After all, with the strings applying a force, that makes sense. But they couldn't understand why the arrow didn't just go zhipoom. That was beyond their ability to explain. But then Sir Isaac Newton came along with his theory of motion. One theory set out in three laws, Isaac's, Sir Isaac Newton's three laws of motion, and suddenly it seemed possible to explain pretty much everything. But as the centuries passed, physicists noticed that there were problems, lots of problems. For example, if you used Sir Isaac Newton's equations to work out where the planets should be in the night sky, your results were mostly right, but not exactly right. Why not? And indeed, by the end of the 1800s, the world of physics as a science was in an almost complete state of collapse. The more closely they looked at stuff, the more they realized how little they could actually explain or predict. But then came along a young patent clerk named Albert Einstein. This is a picture of Albert Einstein, aged 21. He thought up a completely different way of explaining things, and he called it relativity. His theory of relativity explained everything that Newtonian physics could explain, as well as many things that Newtonian physics couldn't explain. It was a better theory. In fact, scientists still today are amazed and impressed that even the most up-to-date experiments continue to show that Einstein's theories of general and special relativity are correct. The explanatory power of these theories, their ability to explain things is ginormous. And yet, there's still some way to go. There is no theory in the world of physics that yet explains everything. Well, over the last few weeks, we have been looking at doctrines. Just as a theory in science is an idea that explains lots of different things, an idea that helps explain a whole bunch of stuff that otherwise would be difficult to understand, so too a doctrine does the same job when it comes to the Bible. A theory is an idea invented by scientists to explain the natural world. A doctrine is an idea 
invented by theologians to explain what's happening in the Bible. As a scientist tests his or her theory against the natural world using an experiment to see if it is true or not, so too theologians test their ideas, their doctrines, against Scripture, against the Bible, to see if they're true or not. And doctrines are useful because they help us to understand the Bible, explain lots of different things into a coherent way of understanding the message. And just as theories are useful to help us understand the world we live in. And this week, uh, as we continue a sermon series on the doctrines of applied redemption, we look today at the doctrine of justification. Or to give it its full title, today we're looking at the doctrine of justification by faith alone. And you might be thinking, what's for lunch? Or you might be thinking, what is justification? If that's what you're thinking, what is justification? Well, I'm glad you asked because that's an incredibly important question and hopefully you'll get an answer soon. But it isn't actually a terribly easy question to answer because the Bible talks about justification a lot using lots of different words. And sometimes the same words are used in different places actually to mean different things. So bringing it all together can be quite a hard job. But in essence, justification is about making something right. Justification is the same thing as rightification, which isn't actually a word, but it ought to be. But that's the idea. Justification is about making something right. If someone has been justified, it means that they've been shown to be right. They were right all along. They've, they've been justified. A righteous person then is someone who has been justified, made right. Righteousness is the word for justifiedness. Justifiedness isn't actually a word, but it should be. But that's the idea. Righteousness is about something being just, right, justified. Someone who is righteous is someone who is full of justifiedness. Got it so far? Great. <clears throat> well, I've organized for two young helpers to help me with my presentation this morning, and they are Ozzy and Evan. So I'd like Ozzy to stand there, and I'd like Evan to stand there. That's great. Um, uh, now, uh, um, imagine this. Uh, here is a big red book. Evan, you get to hold the big red book. That's not actually terribly good news, uh, Evan, because the big red book is a record of everything you've ever done wrong. Mm. Uh, in actual fact, in actual fact, it doesn't matter if that book's big or small. It doesn't matter if there are many things or only one thing. It's a big red book, and that's bad news. It's a record of your wrongs, all of your sins. And with that in your hands, you stand, Evan, condemned before God. Um, Satan can come along at any time 
and say to God, look at all of this sin. Look at the evidence. Take it in. Look at all of the ways in which this person has ignored you and broken your rules. Look at all the evidence that this person thinks you're a schmuck. Because that's what he's doing every time he contradicts you. Look at all the facts pointing to the undeniable conclusion that this person has rejected your authority and ruined your reputation publicly, given that the whole reason that you made him was to represent you before human beings and creation. That's, 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 that's pretty serious accusations. I'm making them, says Satan, because that's my job. And on that basis, this person should definitely go to hell. And indeed, that big red book, Evan, is going to drag you straight down to the hot place just as soon as you die, whether it's big or small. Got that? Great. Now let's think about Jesus. You get to hold Jesus, you get to hold the white book. Uh, don't get ahead of me here, pal. <laughs> Jesus never did anything wrong. He never even gets a red book because there would be nothing to write in it, so he was never handed a red book. There's nothing to write in it. Jesus doesn't have a red book. Instead, Jesus has a big, big white book. In the big white book is written everything that Jesus ever did. The white book is the right book. It is the book of rightness. Jesus did the right thing in every situation. Trusted God all of the time. Said what ought to be said the way it ought to have been said. And did that which ought to be done the way it should have been done. And Jesus never said anything that shouldn't be said. He never did anything that shouldn't be done. Or thought things that shouldn't be thought. Even though... There were times when he was tempted to do all of those things. He never did them. Now, if I was Jewish, and if you were Jewish, what we would say is that he did the law of Moses. The thing that we'd say is that he fulfilled the law of Moses. He kept it perfectly. He completed it. He made it right. Jesus was if you'll forgive the language, a righteous dude. Full of justifiedness. Justification is quite simply the idea that God swaps the books. Jesus gets your big red book. You get Jesus' white book. So let's see what that looks like in stages. So Evan, if you would like to hand your big red book over to Jesus, and, and, but you keep both books for a moment. Yep, you, okay. <clears throat> so you've got both books there for a moment. That's great. Now, on the cross, Jesus did just that. Jesus took the punishment for all of the things in our big red books. Our big red books belonged to him as far as God was concerned, our sins were imputed. Uh, that is a theological word. Im imputation means in possession of. Our sins were imputed to Jesus. And our red books took him down. Down 
to death. Um, so if you don't mind lying on the floor, Ozzy, with the books, that's great. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, sorry, I, I, sorry if you're suffering. I, 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 didn't, I didn't think to bring a pillow. Um, now, you might already know this. You might already know everything I've said so far. That's great. Jesus took the punishment for our sins on the cross. He paid the penalty by the blood of Jesus. In other words, because he died for us on the cross, we have forgiveness of sins in his name. You might know that already. By dying, Jesus took our sins away. The big red books were all dealt with, gone, done, dusted, just dealt with, destroyed, because he took the penalty. Now, here's something vitally important. Have you ever played with a balloon in the swimming pool? I've done that recently, um, by which I mean probably in the late 80s. Um, <laughs> but hands up if you've ever played a game involving a balloon in the swimming pool. Now, that's great, a few of you have done. Now, the last time I tried that, no matter how hard I tried, I could not get that balloon down to the bottom of the swimming pool. I'm not sure if anyone can. And if you can, please don't tell me now. Uh, but I couldn't get that balloon to the bottom of the swimming pool. It was impossible. It just kept on popping up. It just kept on making me pop up. Um, just as that balloon will make you keep on popping up, so too Jesus' white book made him pop up. Pop up. Right out of the grave. So if you'd like to pop up. Because Jesus, thank, thank you, thank you, Ozzy. Because Jesus has fulfilled all righteousness, all justifiednesses, death could not hold him. Uh, he was raised for his vindication, to vindicate him as being always right, and he was raised for our justification. So we'll see what that looks like uh, in a minute. God vindicated him, publicly demonstrating that Jesus was fully right all of the time. And now here's the cool bit, the cool bit you might not know. Just as Jesus took your book, so too now you get to have Jesus's book when you believe in him. So if you'd like to, to give, um, yeah, if you'd like to come forward and receive the white book, that's great. Thank you. And if you'd like to continue to stand there, that's great. To use theological jargon, the doctrine of justification says that just as God imputed our unrighteousness on Jesus, so then also God imputes Jesus' righteousness on us when we put our faith in him. Um, what the white book stands for is this. Uh, you have been given Jesus' righteousness, his justifiedness. It's a free gift. You're righteous. You're justified. God is happy to give you this free gift because God really likes it when we believe what he has to say. Especially when we believe what he has to say about his son, his son Jesus. That's what faith means. Believing what God has to say. 
The fact that we've been given Jesus' righteousness, it actually means many, many wonderful things. Wonderful things for us who believe. But here are only two of those wonderful things. Firstly, the first wonderful thing is that Satan has absolutely no basis to accuse you. Not now, not ever. The evidence is gone. There's no evidence. There's no big red book. It's been dealt with once and for all. Disappeared. Eternally blameless. Eternally not guilty before God. Now, uh, that might make us wonder, well, what if I do something wrong? Now, now that I've become a Christian, what if I still slip up and occasionally do something wrong? Well, the Bible teaches us that God may discipline us as, as and when is necessary. Indeed, sometimes the consequences in this life for believers who do the wrong thing can be worse even for those who don't believe. But whatever is happening, it is always for our own good that which will make things better, uh, that which is redemptive, that which disciplines us, helps us to be more like him. God is never angry with us once we've put our faith in Christ. He is never angry with us. He's, he's done his angry bit. That was the cross. We are eternally blameless in his sight. God is never angry with us. We are always not guilty. The red book is gone forever. That's the first really wonderful thing about justification. Here's another really wonderful thing about justification. Just as that white book made Jesus pop out of the swimming pool, I mean pop out of the grave, so too it's going to do the same thing for you. Just as death could not hold you down, so too death can no longer hold you down. You will pop up. Um, uh, uh, The righteousness of Jesus Christ belongs to us, and so it works with us as it worked with him. It saves us from death. Eternal life, no condemnation. When God looks at each one of us who believe, he sees his righteous son, Jesus The doctrine of justification is an idea. It's a theory, if you like, that aims to sum up a lot of different things that are said in the Bible about justification, how to be right with God. It's an idea that explains a lot. Here's an important question. Is the doctrine correct Is the doctrine of rightness right? Here's the short answer. Yes. Whenever, in New Testament times or since, whenever people have thought up a different answer, it always means changing the gospel and damaging people. It is right. The doctrine of justification by faith alone means that there's nothing we have to do to be right with God. It's been done. And it's credited to us when we simply believe in Jesus. And that even that belief in Jesus, 
that trusting in what Jesus has done for us, that faith that we have in Christ, even that is a gift to us from God. The big red book gone, plus the gift of the white book, we have been rightified. And that is the doctrine of justification by faith alone. Let's pray. Um, Dear Father, uh, thank you for uh, making us. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for saving us. Uh, Thank you uh, for showing us yourself through Jesus, your Son. Uh, Lord, um, uh, we see things in a new way today when when we understand the idea of justification. Thank you for taking our sins away. Thank you for taking my sins away. Thank you that when we put our faith in Jesus, there's nothing we have to do. It's all been done. Jesus did it for us on the cross. We just say thank you. And we wonder and praise you and worship you. Knowing that it's a miracle. It's amazing. We are not guilty in your sight. Satan has nothing to accuse us of in your presence. And because we are justified, because we're right with you, death cannot hold us just as it couldn't hold Jesus. For all of these wonderful truths, we worship you and praise you and give you thanks. In Christ, our Savior, your Son and Lord. Amen.